I'm Elle. And I'm Caitlin. And this passage is from Luke chapter 2. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord (laughs) appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, friends, and Merry Christmas to you all. Merry Christmas, boys and girls. Merry Christmas. You know, at Christmas time, we have a greeting, don't we? We say Merry Christmas to each other, and we say, you know, wishing you a joyful and Merry Christmas. But I wonder whether you've thought about why we say such a thing. Why do we wish each other a joyful and Merry Christmas? Why joy? And why do we sing joy to the world? Have you thought about that? I mean, what would be more accurate around this time of year? Perhaps more accurate around this time of year will be wishing each other, I wish you a very expensive Christmas and an exhausting and tiring new year. I mean, that's perhaps more accurate, isn't it? But we want joy. We want joy. We long for joy. But what would it take for our Christmas to be joyful? So what do you think, boys and girls? I've got some questions for you. What would it take for Christmas to be joyful? You know, tomorrow morning, Christmas Day, early in the morning, you wake up, you go to the Christmas tree, and you look down there. What would make Christmas a joyful Christmas? Well, perhaps... It's the presents, isn't it? The presents. Perhaps some of you boys and girls, who would want, who would like a pet for Christmas? Now, I'm helping you out, parents, here. So we've got one hand there. Maybe, you know, you want a pet for Christmas. Maybe for Christmas, you want one of these. Oops. Uh, it's meant to be a cat. I'm not sure if it's a plastic one or a real one. Would that make a joyful Christmas? For sure, Right. But instead of that, you got one of these. And I'm not talking about me, I'm talking about the snake there. <laughs> Would that be a joyful Christmas if you got, if you got the snake? Some are nodding. What about for Christmas? You're hoping it's been a long and exhausting year. I mean, in, in life, we've got seasons that goes up and down. This year might be one of those years where it's just been really tough, and, and you're just longing for a holiday. And so maybe for Christmas, it'll be wonderful and joyful if you got a holiday like this a cruise. I know some amongst us are going on a cruise next week, 
And on this cruise, you've got everything. It's all sorted out. Would that be a joyful Christmas? What do you reckon, boys and girls? Yes? No? Yeah? Helping out the parents again. Parents, see your kids. But instead of that, you've got this holiday, a dodgy motel somewhere. And you know, you're busting for the toilet. You have to go to the toilet. It looks like that. Would that be a joyful Christmas? What do you reckon? No? Not really? What about, maybe you can help me out here, uh, buying a present for my wife. What should I get her? Maybe if I got her something like this. It's uh, Le Crusset. Uh, in French, it's pronounced Le Crusset. Actually, I don't know how it's pronounced in French. <laughs> but it's $690 for some pot. Will that make a joyful Christmas for some? Well, let me in you, uh, let, you, let you in on a secret, uh, particularly the men here. If you go to Kmart, you can find one for 30 bucks. Pretty much the same, different colour, just painted a bit. Will that make it a joyful Christmas? You see, at Christmas time, we long for Christmas. We, we want Christmas, we, but where do we find, where do we find joy? We, we long for that joy at Christmas, the one that's lasting, the long that won't fade or wane but we'll keep on going. Where do we go to find that type of joy? Well, perhaps for many of us, we'll go to all our Christmas celebrations, you know, order eating and feasting. And some of us, we've already started eating and feasting. Last night, we had a big feast, and I was very careful not to go for seconds. Because why? After order eating and feasting over the Christmas season, what tends to happen? Well, for me, I start to feel guilty. Guilty, and then what do we do when it comes to the new year? It's the New Year's resolution. <laughs> Exercise to burn it off. And so that joy of eating, it sort of like quickly fizzles because now I better exercise. Or it might not be that. It might be all the Christmas celebrations with family and friends. That's what we're longing for. That's the joy we're longing for, what we want. And we hope that at these celebrations, there will be, you know, it will be joyful. It will be harmonious. There won't be the weird, awkward conversations and it'll be just wonderful. But then, that joy, what happens? At the end of the Christmas party, someone is left with that. And so that party, it, it, the joy of it quickly fizzles as well. Someone has to clean that, especially the host anyway. Or it might be the presents. We've talked about presents. You know, last year I bought for one of my sons a really nice present under the tree. He was very happy. The joy on Christmas Day was just wonderful to see. I got for him a 3D printer. I was very happy with it. Now let me ask you, how long did that joy last for? Two days? Last a, a little bit more than two days, but eventually what happened? That thing broke, and we sent it back to Amazon, but that's okay. <laughs> but that joy, it, it didn't last. And so we're looking for joy. Where do we go? The celebrations, well, they fade and they wane. Maybe we need to go out into the world to look for joy. Well, let's go out into the world. Let's see what we find out there. Turn on the news, read the newspapers. Yesterday, the Australian, what do we find? There's something about Israel striking Gaza, which is to remind us, even at Christmas time, war is still raging. Something about Putin there, which means, in fact, there's another war raging still at Christmas time. Where's the joy? We're going out into the world, where's the joy? And down here, we've got some shooting in Prague. Where's the joy? Well, maybe we don't go out into the world. I mean, it's a chaotic world, messy world, broken world. Maybe we come closer to home, to Australia. And what do we find? Well, the stats are 
you find there is a high degree, high number of Australians around Christmas time who express loneliness, isolation. In fact, the stats are that around Christmas time in Australia, about one third of Australians will express loneliness, which means even in a crowd like this, perhaps even a third of us might be feeling a bit lonely this Christmas. So where's the joy? We're longing for this joy, the joy of Christmas. Where is it? And then, of course, over the last few months, you've got mortgage stress, you've got inflation, and it's just crazy. Debt is high. Where's the joy? You know, is this Christmas joy going to fix it for me? Well, maybe we don't go out into the world. We don't go to the news. Maybe we have to go deep within. Let's go deep within. Search within. Maybe we find joy in there. You know, it's just a state of mind. That's how I find peace. And what do we find in there? Well, I suspect when we go deep within, we find a messy heart, a messy life. It's not all in order. Because if you think about life, it's always with its ups and downs. And I know even in this community, there are many of us who are experiencing difficult times. It's been a difficult year, and we just feel exhausted by this time of year. Where's the joy? Can I manufacture that joy? Can I create that joy? Where do I find that joy? In fact, for some, it's, it's a time of grief as well. It will be the first Christmas without a loved one around. Where's this joy, this Christmas? We wish each other a joyful Christmas. Where is it? Well, that's why we need to come back to that Christmas story. And we come back to the wonder of the Christmas story and what we heard the children share, what we've been singing about. The wonder of the Christmas story. And what do we find? We find in the Christmas story a joy that is so different. It's the joy that will not fade like the presents. It will not wane like the celebrations. It's a joy that will be everlasting. It will be going on forever and ever. It's what we long for. In fact, it's a joy not from inside out, but outside in. A joy that comes from outside in, not inside out. In fact, it's a joy that's come from out of this world into this world and even into our hearts. It's why when we sing the carol, which we'll sing after this, joy to the world, do you notice that? It's joy to the world. It's not from within. We don't make it up. It's a joy that has entered into the world, not a joy from the world. It is a subtle difference, but it's so important. You see, this is where joy lies in the Christmas story. And where do we find it? Well, we come to the Christmas story. What was acted out before? Well, we come to what the shepherds heard that first Christmas night when the angels came. And what did they declare? To shepherds who were the outcasts. People didn't want to deal with shepherds. They were left out in the field, out at nighttime, alone, in fear and terror. And what did the angels announce? I bring to you good news. Christmas is good news. It's not good opinions. It's not a good thought. It's not a good idea. It is good. Good news. Good news. It's a declaration, a proclamation about what? Great joy. Not a little joy, not cheap joy, not fleeting joy, but it'll be great joy. And for whom? It'll be for all the people. You see, often it feels like those who enjoy Christmas are those who have it all, who have life sorted out, who have the money to spend, But this Christmas, the true Christmas, the great joy is for all people. Those who are sad, those who are depressed, those who are down and out, those who are feeling lonely, those who are feeling unwanted, 
Joy is for them too, is for all the people. And what is it bound up with? Where do we find this joy? What is this joy centred on? Well, the angel tells us. The angel says it next. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. Has been born for you. Or in the old English, it is a saviour has been born unto you. He is Christ the Lord. That is, he is Christ the King. He is the Lord. He is God. That is where the joy lies. It's why the joy of Christmas is often fleeting, because it's not that type of joy. It's not the joy that is centred on Jesus Christ, the Saviour. Now, some of us hearing that, we might be thinking, well, so what? I know the Christmas story. What has it got to do with me? What difference does it make? Well, the difference is this. The difference is, if that is true, a Saviour has been born. His King and His God has been born, and He's been born for me. The difference is that my life is not about being naughty or nice anymore because a saviour was born regardless of whether I was naughty or nice. God loves me regardless of whether I'm naughty or nice. You see, if God was a bit like Santa in the story we heard before in the kids' talk, let's just say God was a bit like Santa and he had a list, a naughty list and a nice list. Where do you think I would go? Let me ask boys and girls. Will I be on a naughty list? No hands. Good. <laughs> nice list. Okay, good. You'll get a book later. <laughs> well, where would I go? Well, the, how Santa works is if you're nice, you get maybe golf balls, right? Callaway, that's a good brand, Ian. Don't know. If you're bad, you get a, a lump of coal. If you're good, maybe it's that kitten, a, the plastic kitten or real one, don't know. If you're bad, maybe this time you get me. <laughs> if you're nice, it's the cruise. If you're bad, maybe it's tenting. But if God were to work like Santa, in fact, God is not like Santa. The Christmas story shows that. God does not work by naughty and nice at all. That's what we heard in the story before. Not at all. You see, how does God work? Well, unlike Santa, God sees everything. God looks into our hearts and he sees everything. What we do not want to be seen in the light of day. He sees it all. And what would God say when he looks into our hearts? Where would God place us, naughty or nice? You see, if there is God, which we believe there is, he made everything, he made us all. He gave us life, he gave us everything we have. And God says, you have not loved me with all your heart, soul, mind and strength, but you should have. You have not worshipped me, even though I'm God and Lord over all. But you should have. You have taken all the gifts that this world has to offer, that heaven has to offer. You've taken all the gifts, your life, your breath, but you have completely ignored the giver. Where do you think God will put us? In fact, in that story before, Santa recognised, you know, I deserve a lump of coal. Where would God put us? Well, me, boys and girls, where would God put me? I'm on the naughty list. Where would God put us? Now, the truth of the matter, we may be uncomfortable by this, but the truth of the matter is that we're all on the naughty list. And this is why it is good news. It is good news because a saviour has been born, a great joy for all the people, you see, the good news is that there is only one who is nice. Only one. 
only Jesus. That is why he can be my saviour. I'm on the naughty list. That's why I need a saviour. And so this joy comes from not within, comes from inside out, but outside in. In fact, from out of this world, into this world, and into my heart. When I trust and believe that Jesus born, he was born for me. Not a story far away, but a story that is for me, close to my heart, outside in. And that's the wonderful story, the wonder of Christmas, the joy of Christmas that is lasting. Because whatever comes in life, come what may we say, Jesus is my saviour and I'm safe in his arms. Now, do you know who believed that? Many Christians, I mean Christians all believe that. Millions of Christians believe that throughout the generations. But do you know who else believed that? Now, we've been talking about Santa this morning a bit. Well, the story of Santa, Santa's invention, you know, um, but he was in fact based on a real guy from the 3rd and 4th century, St. Nicholas, born in 270 AD, lived for a few decades. Now, he was one who got this lasting joy because he understood the story of Christmas and he changed his life, radically changed his life. Do you know what happened? Well, with St. Nicholas, before he became a bishop in Myra, which is in modern-day Turkey, before he became bishop, he, 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 he was gripped by the joy that comes from Christmas, who Jesus is. You see, he was born of wealthy parents who left him a big inheritance. Now, for many in our world today, where do we seek joy? We want to grab onto our inheritance, onto our possessions, onto our money. That's where we find security. But for him, he had a greater joy. He had Jesus. And so what he did, the story goes, was that he would secretly give away purses and bags of gold to the needy, to the vulnerable, to the poor. Why? Because he had a greater joy. Jesus was his saviour. And so let me ask you this Christmas. What will it be like this Christmas for you? Not just boys and girls, but the rest of us. What will this Christmas be like for you? Will our joy be limited to just the eating, drinking, celebrating presents? Is that all? Because that will fade by the time we get to the new year. That will be gone by the time 1st January comes. Or will our joy be lasting, eternal, that even death cannot take away? And so for those of you who are here for the first time to our church or to a carol service or hearing the Christmas story, my encouragement to you this Christmas is to not let this Christmas pass without seriously and deeply considering the joy that has come into this world and can come into your heart. Jesus the Saviour. Don't let it pass without thinking about that. But for the rest of us who already know this joy, know this Saviour, well, let us celebrate Christmas not forgetting that. In all the hustle and bustle, let's not forget that deep, lasting joy that has come from heaven to earth and into our hearts. And it's why we can sing, isn't it? It's why we can sing joy, not from the world, but joy to the world, because we truly believe it. Amen.